Hello, Robert. Nice to meet you, and thanks for coming on. Hey, uh, uh, thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Now, for everyone out there listening, I'm speaking with Robert Rice today, and Robert is the CEO and founder of a company called Transmira, and they have a metaverse platform called Omniscape. And I have to tell you, if you're going to label someone a pioneer in this emerging space, Robert is the person. I mean, I'm looking at your bio on LinkedIn, Robert, and your background is fascinating. And it's no wonder you're one of the people out there pioneering all of this. Can you give us a little bit of your background? Um, uh, sure. So I have a, <laughs> I kind of have a really weird background. Uh, I grew up in the military, so yeah, we moved uh, moved around a lot. And um, uh, you know, I guess you know when I graduated high school, we just moved back to the states and. I went off to college to be a, a minister, so I was doing a dual major in theology and music, wow. um, and had like a you know night job doing campus security or whatever. But uh, <laughs> after the first year, you know, I kind of ran out of money. Thought I would work for a while, so uh, I got a job as a detective for the Army and Air Force Exchange Service, and did that for a bit. And then I thought, you know what? I'm not making a whole lot of money here, so I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And I moved to uh, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, where my dad had retired, and I opened up a, a comic book store. It was like my first business. And everything was great until they killed Superman. My business tanked. And uh, so I'm sitting there one day. I'm trying to figure out how to keep the lights on. And this, yep. this random guy walks in. And he's like, hey, I have a virtual reality machine. Uh, can I put it in your store and you know, see what people think? And, and I told him, well, well, hell yeah, you know, bring it in. And uh, you know, about a, maybe about a month later, he's like, uh, hey, Robert, so you know how to use a computer, right? And I said, yes. You know, I'm, I'm hanging out in you know, CompuServe and Genie and Prodigy and whatnot. And you know, this is like, like really early 90s, guys. So you know, it was, it was a different time. Um, and he was like, great. Uh, you want to be my first employee? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. What I need to do. Um, so he gave me a pre-release version of 3D Studio and Deluxe Paint and said, here, go learn how to do 3D modeling and graphics and stuff. And and um, that kind of kicked things off. So we uh, we ultimately licensed uh, Wolfenstein 3D from id. Uh, we made it Wolfenstein VR. Then we made it multiplayer. Then we started kicking out arcade game machines. And um, that kind of uh, was the beginning of my career. And ultimately, the company kind of imploded and I moved to Raleigh in 95. And then, yeah, just over the years, I got into all the MMOs and virtual worlds. And then ultimately, uh, I leapt into augmented reality probably around 2008, 2009. Wow. And uh, was one of not even a half dozen companies that were trying to get AR tech out of academic research and trying to start an industry with it. And, you know, and now here we are today. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing to hear you say AR in 2008. Uh, I think I was just learning about the Internet in 2008. <laughs> All right. So as you know, the goal of this podcast is to help myself and the Harmon team listening to get smart or smarter. Maybe some people would even say well-versed on the metaverse and NFTs. And since that's the goal, I have to ask you two favors. First, bear, bear with me because mm -hmm. I'm going to ask some very basic questions, maybe even some kind of dumb and silly ones. But, but, but please, the, just bear with us that this is going to be a, a little bit of a one-on-one tutorial. Yeah, that's um, fine. But sometimes those dumb questions are the ones that everybody else is asking or afraid to ask. So that's part of the reason why I might go super simple. So I want to start with a very basic question and ask, how do you define or explain to everybody listening, what is the metaverse? Um, so before I do that, let me, let me try to establish a couple of points of reference, which, which should help make this a lot easier. Cool. Because uh, generally speaking, show you know, always beats tell. Um, and it's hard to show when we're doing 
doing a podcast. <laughs> um, so first and foremost, when we talk about augmented reality, uh, the easiest thing for people to wrap their heads around is Pokemon Go. Uh, pretty much everybody's seen it or their kids have messed around with it or whatever. And or even like the you know, Iron Man heads up display. So augmented reality is basically, you know, some type of 3D graphics or, or whatever that's overlaid on a video feed. Also kind of like a Snapchat filter um, to give you the sense that you know, what you're seeing is, is augmented or enhanced by some type of, you know, text or 3D pictures or like a Pokemon. It's very simple. And then on the other side, we have uh, the virtual reality stuff, which, you know, I'm sure everybody's seen The Matrix or maybe mm -hmm. uh, they've uh, read the book uh, or watched the movie for The Oasis. Those are other two other very common points for people to kind of understand um, kind of what an immersive 3D world or environment is. Um, and at the same time, too, pretty much every game that people are playing today from, you know, Call of Duty to World of Warcraft are technically virtual realities. They just don't necessarily require, you know, a big thing on your head to, you know, make, make it more immersive. Um, so AR is, is 3D combined with the real world. And then VR is kind of an immersive uh, 3D. Um, that's it. So in terms of trying to define what the metaverse is, there's a few different, I guess, variations of definitions out there. Um, the one that's the most common is basically a whole bunch of interconnected 3D worlds. So if you imagine, um, uh, you know, a lot of neighborhoods that are connected together, they become a city. Um, so much in the same way you could take a variety of 3D worlds or places like, you know, Call of Duty or World of Warcraft or, you know, Second Life, Decentraland. I mean, there's a very, very long list. Um, and each individually could be part of a metaverse, but the idea of metaverse is pretty much all-encompassing they should be interconnected. Um, another definition of metaverse, and this is one that I lean more towards, is kind of taking the sum total of all of the, the invisible data and information and knowledge and you know sensors and all the stuff that surrounds us every day in our daily lives uh, and take it and try to access it or present it in a way that's uh, interactive or immersive or or you know kind of like a data visualization. So um, you know it's cool if I can go into say uh, you know, Call of Duty and play around, but yep. it's much more interesting if I can, you know, log into say a 3D copy or a digital twin of a mall or a stadium or, or you know some other you know fantasy castle and explore that and interact with other people and their avatars, or if I can kind of hold up my phone or maybe put on a magical pair of you know Apple augmented reality glasses and and see things around me like um, you know where uh, you know maybe power lines might be in a wall or maybe. Uh, names of people floating over their heads or little 3d you know creatures and characters like pokemon kind of running around the real world for me to kind of interact with so so for me i think it's this 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 huge combination of all these things together um that would ultimately form a metaverse and, and there you go all right, so I, I have several questions. Mm -hmm. So as you talk about the interconnected worlds, um, and, and you mentioned video games, for example, so um, Call of Duty or Fortnite, and then you also mentioned Decentraland. Like, are those things connected, or can they be connected, or are they just completely different? Um, right now, they're all completely different, uh, and okay. they're not connected. Uh, there, there's a huge... I guess buzzword or topic of interoperability, um, but you know where I'd be able to say take my character or take some three D objects or whatever from one virtual world or game and take it to another one, and most of the industry kind of gets stuck on file formats in terms of interoperability, uh, but I think it's much much more important that you have to understand 
you know, what the properties and behaviors and you know, value of something is and kind of translate it from one system to another. It, you know, it's kind of hard taking a gun from World of Warcraft and going over to, uh, I'm sorry, a sword from World of Warcraft and going over to, you know, Call of Duty and being relevant, right? Right, right, um, right. So it's more than just file formats. But, but yeah, so um, we're headed towards that interoperability where, you know, I have a identity and, you know, I have objects in my, 3D objects in my inventory, whatever, and I can kind of move seamlessly from world to world or experience to experience. Um, but we're not quite there yet. Okay. And the, the, part of the reason I'm asking that question is as we start thinking about how do we start our journey as JBL or one of our other Harman brands, how do we start this journey into the metaverse? Is there a world or a uh, platform that we should go into first? Or is it like, no, you have to be in all of them. It's just, uh, that, that's what I'm trying to get my head wrapped around a little bit is like, because I've heard of Decentraland, I've, I've heard of Fortnite, and I've heard of Sandbox. Um, and like you said, there's hundreds of others, but I have no idea where to start. Um, yeah, actually, most people don't know where to start either. Uh, so, so you're okay there. Um, I, I think it kind of depends on your, your, your business or your marketing goals or aims. Um, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the ones that are getting say most of the attention right now, just central land or sandbox second life to, to a lesser degree, yep. or even, you know, Facebook's, uh, or I'm sorry, metas, you know, horizon or whatever, um, tend to have different audiences, different capabilities, um, and, or even, even like Roblox, I guess counts to a degree. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of depends on, on what you're looking for and what you want to get out of it. Um, if you want to do some quick, fun marketing sort of stuff, you know, those are all good. Um, or if you're looking for more, you know, say enterprise class stuff or like, oh, I don't know, a repair manual using, a, you know, augmented reality to fix, a, you know, Hardman Carden, you know, wiring within a car. Well, that's that's going to do some custom stuff for that, right? Got it. Um, but having said that, I think, in, you know, for any particular brand, you know, again, you can kind of go for one of these individually. Or you can adopt a little bit more of a of a longer term strategy where maybe we do you know some fun or interesting uh, you know marketing or experiences in, in platform A or platform B, but you want to keep an eye open for you know uh, option C, which may be much bigger, much larger, you know, and a little bit more more actual metaverse and less social 3D VR experience, yeah, if that makes sense. And this is this is a theme that I'm going to be coming back to um, several times in this conversation. So you, you mentioned, and I like this, quick, fun marketing. And so there's been lots of conversations about, you mentioned Roblox. So Roblox, is, should we go build a store in Roblox? Or do we go to Sandbox and build out a, uh, a, a music theater that has JBL speakers in it? Can, can you just walk me through a little bit of what, like, what are people expecting when they go into these worlds? Because what I don't want to do is build something that is just completely out of place. And it does sound like if I build the wrong thing in the wrong world, I, I might I might be interacting with people in the wrong way rather than in a really good way that's adding value to their experience in these worlds. Um, yeah, no, I think I think you, you, nailed, you nailed it on the head, actually. Um, you know, we can look back to say second life, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, or maybe even, you know, a little further back or just give or take somewhere around there. Um, and you know, when it was kind of in its heyday, a lot of brands are rushing to get in, get a little piece of, you know, land or something somewhere and put up a building and have something, yeah. uh, you know, some billboards or, you know, a cool building or, or some, some avatar fashion or whatever. So it's kind of like, we're seeing the, the, 
this happened all over again, just with slightly better graphics, right? And a lot of times they did something like that. They got a good bit of uh, earned media and suppressed kind of getting out there, people kind of getting excited. And then, you know, you go in, you've got an experience and it was good one time and you never went back. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, after that first initial rush, maybe you kind of had some people kind of hanging out because they were fans of the brand or whatever. But over time, you know, it was uh, less useful, less informative, less, you know, whatever. The population starts to kind of wane. And then you've got this thing that you have to maintain and you've, you know, have the random one person coming by and going, hey, this is cool. Look, the, uh, um, you know, the brand X building and, oh, wow, they haven't <laughs> done anything here in six months. Right. Right. Um, so, again, it's, it, it's, just, it's, it's good for some degree, but until, unless you like have some actual value or utility or, you know, whatever there, uh, it's really hard. And doing other things too, like um, um, you know, metaverse retail or shopping, you kind of have to to ask yourself, you know, am I creating something that is is easier than just going to Amazon, or is it more more engaging? You know, what what benefit am I getting from doing something in the metaverse um, that I don't already have or that I'm missing? And a lot of times, people are just they're just like cramming metaverse tech onto something else without really trying to take full advantage of the tech or, or you know, what it could do or how to actually like, you know, get long-term value out of it. So, you know, and it may be for, for something like, um, you know, like for, for, you know, music and speakers, instead of trying to, you know, spend some money and buy a piece of property and, you know, Decentraland or Sandbox, and, and you should really look into, you know, what their user base, concurrent users and other things like that are before doing yeah. that. Um, it might actually be a lot better to just work with other brands. Um, and try to do something uh, on a much more integrated level, like, you know, uh, find somebody that's going to do some kind of cool, um, you know, metaverse concert or something and get your brand in there. Say, hey, you know, we're doing the, the speakers or, you know, um, you know, whatever. And it's like in that particular case, you're, you're, the experience you're giving the, the end user is in line with what your product or your brand does, right? Mm, um, yeah. and it adds value. You get some awareness. You get some engagement. But you're not just putting up, you know, again, like I said, a 3D building that doesn't quite do much. Not that I'm right. against 3D buildings. I think there's some massive uh, value there, but it kind of has to be the right value depending on what the goals of the, the brand or the experience are. Yeah. So it, it definitely pays to be creative, um, maybe not necessarily locked down in one thing or another thing. Uh, but also don't be afraid to experiment. Um, nobody's going to think poorly of a brand if they do something and it kind of fizzles. They're, you're still going to get a lot of points for, for being innovative and trying. And the whole industry is very much in a uh, experimental stage right now. So you really, you really can't do wrong unless, you know, you do wrong. So let, let me ask you a question about the, the benefits um, that people are expecting. And maybe, maybe we tie it back to your uh, company and Omniscape in particular. Like what, what's the benefit of a, a metaverse platform and specifically your metaverse platform? Um, I think if you were to talk to a random guy in the street or, or maybe some of the, um, you know, the so-called, there's a lot of metaverse experts suddenly, right? Um, if you talk to some of those guys, you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, they're gonna make tons of money, NFT, blah, blah, buzzword, blah, 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 you know, exciting avatars, blah, blah, blah. And, and it just kind of, you know, kind of falls short there. Um, and, you know, from a regular user's perspective, they don't really quite know what to expect because this is all still new for so many people, mm -hmm. even though a lot of it is still is rebranded. Right. I mean, VR has been around for you know, several decades now. Um, this is like, you know, wave seven, eight or nine of you know, popularity. But it's like the tech has finally reached a point where we can actually get you know, pretty cool experiences and value out of things. Um, but like from, a, you know, from from my perspective and, and what we're doing, we're, we're we're almost operating, you know, very counter to almost what the rest of the entire industry is doing. So 
um, which is kind of a weird place to be in. Um, so for example, you know, one of the things we do, we, we, uh, we can blend AR and VR together. Um, we have a huge focus on, on the real world first, right? So instead of creating some kind of fantasy, you know, from scratch, you know, planet or, or piece of land in some space somewhere, like you'd see in a Decentraland or something, it's just, it's, you know, crap, it's just created. You know, we would start with real world locations and try to build like these photorealistic digital twins of them. Um, because I think, you know, location in the, like the real world really gives you context and relevance for, for things like experiences or for making people kind of comfortable, familiar. And you also need location to do like a really cool augmented reality experience. Um, cause the, again, it gives it, it gives it some kind of meaning. Um, and at the same time too, we look at ways where we can kind of bridge between things that are real and physical and also that are digital. So, so in the context of, of the question, uh, one thing we do, uh, for example, um, and we, we actually have some, some patented tech on this, which I'm super proud of. Um, uh, we link, um, uh, we call them virtual goods. So we can take any 2d or 3d object, um, that's presented in any kind of, uh, immersive or interactive environment, you know, it's, um, it's Google earth, it's AR, it's VR, it's 3d game, whatever. Uh, and then we can link that back to something physical, tangible in the real world, whether it's a product, an asset, a service, a coupon, a redeemable, a voucher, a credit, I mean, pretty much straight across the board. Um, so for example, uh, what we can do are these really cool and really interesting kind of augmented reality campaigns where we can geolocate, you know, branded 3D objects. So maybe we've got a, you know, cool looking 3D speaker, and then you want to do some kind of, um, uh, you know, campaign where you're offering, you know, car upgrades, your audio sound or whatever for, you know, 10% off or buy one for one car, get one for another car free. I mean, you, you know, whatever, whatever your brand or your company may do as a product, we try to find a kind of a good offer there. And then we take these 3D objects and we geolocate them all over the place where, where your ideal customer might be. And that might be in your, in a mall or a store, or it may be at a competitor's location. Mm -hmm. um, and then that kind of experience is very much like Pokemon Go. And you pull out your phone, you're looking around in augmented reality. There's the cool 3D branded, you know, thing floating there. You can t double tap on it and then you go to the store and then you can exchange or redeem it for, for the offer or for the free stuff. And, you know, let me, let me sidebar for a second. When, when people talk about things like NFTs and, you know, I'm sure you've heard of, you know, Board Ape Yacht Club and, you know, all this 2D image yeah. sort of stuff. Yep. I think, I think that's cool and fun as a fad, but the real value there comes in the idea of, you know, what an NFT is, is this, this non-fungible token. It's, it's a unique thing that's sort of representative of something else. So in our case, Every one of these, you know, 3D branded virtual goods are actually token tokenized. So they're all NFTs. Um, and because they're, you know, recorded on blockchain and everything, we're able to kind of, you know, verify that they're they're authentic, that they're actually tied to something physical in the real world. And, you know, they can't be copied. They can, you can't, you really can't fraud with them. And you can track things like, you know, where it originated from, how many times it was, you know, discovered and transferred between people, you know, and so on and so forth. So... You know, we can give a brand uh, like like nobody else can. We can validate the ROI in your ad spend because of this. So so this is a way for like a brand to use at least the augmented reality side of of the metaverse uh, to to engage consumers, to drive foot traffic, and and ultimately you know multiply transactions while giving people something fun and interesting to do. And this is the sort of thing that I think a lot of the industry is still missing out on. Is you know how do you monetize and how do you provide like actual value or or utility to to a brand or a partner beyond, hey, come look at our 3D building that we just put on, you know, a piece of property in sandbox or decentraland that we spent, you know, a million dollars on. Yep. Um, that makes so, sense. 
Yeah, it, it, it does. Let me ask a question on it. Um, it. And this might, the way I asked this question, you might say, well, maybe it didn't make sense <laughs> because when you were talking about the geolocation, what, what, and you, you're linking your world, you're trying to make your world as photorealistic as possible and having locations that people can uh, relate back to. So uh, New York City, I, I know New York City, I don't live far from it, so I know New York City. So when you were talking about geolocating these um, th these goods, are, are you talking about geolocating them in the real world, but through augmented or virtual reality? So I'm standing, so at, for example, we have a, a JBL store in Soho. So are you talking, there's an opportunity for us to do something where people can literally be standing in front of our physical store, but interacting with Omniscape in either on their phone or through goggles and being able to interact and get this added value of a virtual good? Yes, 100%. Wow. Yeah, we've got a really nifty tool. I mean, I can literally drop like a, a 3D Tyrannosaurus Rex in your backyard if you give me your your, your address, <laughs> right? No, no, it, it's, 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 it's really cool, actually. Um, no, so we, you could say, hey, you know, we've got, uh, I don't know, we want to focus on these five locations, maybe these, you know, 2,000 locations. So yep. um, you know, we want to place content here. So for us, it's, it's kind of drag and drop and then hit publish, you know, give it a campaign or whatever, and then fire it off. So it could be in store, it could be outside, you know, literally anything that has a GPS address, we can place content at. Got it. And at the same time, you know, we could just as easily do a, um, uh, I guess, a drop or, or, you know, something based on a time of day or some other particular event, or even take out the geolocation thing and just say, hey, everybody that has the app, Friday, 4pm, we're going to do a drop, turn on your thing. And you know, whether you're at your office or your backyard, or whatever. So in that case, we just trigger the content based on the user's location itself as opposed to you know pre-placing something so um and then okay. at the same time too when we start talking on the other side of getting into yep. the more the 3d digital twin side of the fence you know we could do a 3d you know copy or digital twin of a store or or a mall or you know a whole manufacturing facility that people could then explore in full 3d and we could still have you know content drops in there as well so so cool so cool so um just the content drop that you're doing in real life how do I, as a consumer, access it? Do I do I have to have goggles? Do I use my phone? What what's the what's the technology that allows me to be able to see Tyrannosaurus mm -hmm. Rex in my backyard? Yeah, so we wanted to go with the uh, the lowest common denominator. Um, well, well, not the lowest, but but you know, a reasonable one for access. And I think most people don't realize there's over two billion mobile devices that are ready to go, like today, um, that are capable of doing some cool AR experiences. So. Hmm. Yeah, all, all you need is to, all you need is a phone that's not maybe not more than four years old, give or take, oh, wow. um, and, and and the app. That's it. Okay. No, no glasses, no special hardware, none of that stuff. Awesome. So that that makes the uh, the barrier to entry very low, obviously, and and that's I think that's one of the things that's important for us as as we try this. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't want our first experience to be only ten people that have the perfect VR headset or whatever. They're the only ones who can experience it. So the opportunity for us to open it up more is really intriguing. Now, you mentioned NFTs, and there's a lot of discussion about metaverse and NFTs. They're similar, or they live together, or I've heard some people say, no, they're completely unrelated to each other. Can The, the way you were describing it, it sounds like at least how Omniscape is doing NFTs and metaverse, they feel connected. Are they always connected? And 
can can you just talk a little bit about like, is, is there a separation between NFTs yeah. and metaverses? Um, th there is and there isn't. Um, so first and foremost, um, a, a couple points. Um, number one, uh, people do not need a head-mounted display or hardware to experience VR. Uh, that's a that's a common misconception. Oh. All all the headset does is is add extra level of immersion. Uh, number one. Oh. Um, number two, you don't need to do uh, NFTs to have fun or play around in the metaverse. Um, also, I think that surprises a lot of people. So what seems to have happened is the kind of the crypto crypto bro community, I guess, has kind of taken over a lot of the metaverse uh, language and narrative online. Okay. And it's, you know, buy my token, buy my token, cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency, hodl, hodl, we're all going to be rich, buy <laughs> NFTs, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Um, and when you look at things like, you know, Decentraland and Sandbox and all that, and you talk to them, the first things out of the mouth are buy our token, buy our token. You know, metaverse and crypto, it's, it's you know, da, 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 da. but you don't actually need any of that. Um, and the other thing here, too, is it also introduces a barrier to entry. If you, if you spend any time trying to figure out how to buy an NFT, A, it's going to be really expensive. And B, you got to spend some time doing your homework and kind of digging to technical things like how to set up a wallet and transfer funds and, you know, what are the different currencies and protocols? I mean, it, yes, yep. it's a nightmare. Yep. Um, so from our perspective, you know, we want to keep things nice and easy and simple. Um, and, you know, while you could do things with crypto and NFTs, I think the more important thing is, is actually it's the underlying technology behind crypto, which is blockchain. Um, and the metaverse is, is one of the most ideal use cases for blockchain. Because it actually solves a lot of problems that um, you, know, you wouldn't normally think about. But again, um, you know things like uh, you know security and provenance and and record and, and and whatnot. So, for example, if I have a three D digital twin of an oil rig or a manufacturing you know facility somewhere, and I want to uh, sit down at my desk and kind of log into my avatar and you know explore around the facility, you know, that's kind of cool and fun. But if I want to be able to say click on it on a uh, and something that's representing an employee, or maybe I want to click on some hardware um, and say, hey, you know, show me what um, what the output here is. You know, when was it last maintained? What were the maintenance records? You know, what are its current, uh, you know, data points? Is it being efficient? Yep. Um, you know, all this sort of information. Or maybe, uh, you know, I want um, a cool, you know, live real-time uh, data visualization so I can monitor the temperature of something, right? So that's all cool, but if I, I need to be able to trust that the data that I'm getting that's driving that particular you know visualization or experience is, is accurate and it hasn't mm. been you know hacked or modified or you know whatever. And I also need to be able to go back and look at things historically because I mean that's that's real real valuable knowledge to be able to look at a piece of a device and say, hey, you know its efficiency has dropped or you know there's some other sort of issue. Yeah. So by by taking you know data from sensors or some other things and kind of actually putting them on blockchain. And then accessing that data to drive your your cool AR or VR visualization, like wow, you know you can trust what you're seeing um, because it's on blockchain, right? And and it's like and crypto is cool and fun and has a and has a place, but it shouldn't be the driving you know feature or or interest or data point for metaverse things. But like I said, more importantly, the underlying technology blockchain has a very critical and fundamental you know application here to make metaverse stuff. You know, useful, practical, and, and kind of trusted. trusted. Especially when yeah. you start getting away from the the social VR. You know, look at my sexy avatar, sort of thing. <laughs> right, right. I, I think that trust uh, that what you're seeing is I'm doing air finger quotes real. Um, I that feels very important. And and if people are going to continue to want to have experiences, they're going to want to know that they're engaging with 
the real JBL or I just yes. won, you know, if, if we were doing a, a sweepstakes in the metaverse, you want to know that it's a real one. And I'm actually going to exactly. get my physical speaker that's going to show up in the mail in three days. So that trust seems wildly important. One of the other things when you when you mention blockchain, one of the other things that I hear tied to blockchain a lot is this idea of tokenized. And I hear it all the time and I never have any idea what it means. Can, can you talk a little bit about tokens or tokenized? Um, sort of. So uh, I think probably the easiest way to start that conversation is, have you ever been to Vegas? I have. Okay. So um, I'm going to speak a little metaphorically here. So when you go to oh. Vegas, you're going to go give somebody a $100 bill yep. and they're going to tokenize that $100 bill and give you a, a $100 chip. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is what we would call a, a, a fungible token. Um, cause, uh, I can give you, you know, several built hundred dollar bills and you're gonna give me back several $100 chips yep. and they're all equal to each other and they're all, uh, exchangeable. And I can go back at the end of the day and exchange all of those hundred dollar chips for, for my $100 bills. Okay. That's the fungible part. Got it. So the non-fungible part is when things are, are, um, they're unique and they're not quite equal to each other. So for example, I can go to the store and buy two pieces of fruit um, for, for a dollar each, you know, one apple for a dollar and one orange for a dollar. And while they, while they both might be equivalent in value of a dollar, um, they're not equivalent to each other. An apple and an hmm. orange are absolutely not the same thing, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Again, the, the value is the same, but what they are is different. Yep. Uh, and then I might have two oranges, again, same value, but there's still two unique oranges. You know, one's slightly more orange. The other one is slightly larger. The other one has maybe a little, you know, dimple on the side, but they're still both technically oranges. So so this idea of non-fungible tokens is basically, um, A, the idea that I'm, I'm um, tokenizing or representing something with something else, i.e. like our poker chip thing, right? That's the token. Okay. It represents something else. Yep. And then the NF part of NFT, non-fungible, means that it's something that's unique and, and individual. Got so it. even if I have, a, say, a thousand 3D um, you know, JBL speakers um, that I'm playing with my cool AR or VR experience, if they're tokenized, each one is different and unique. It has a little, you know, little value or hashtag or identifier. Um, and then as a result, we can start, you know, tracking the history, you know, when was it created, who bought it, you know, how many times it's been traded to other people, you know, so on and so forth. So that's kind of where, from a practical perspective, the, the concept and idea of NFTs comes into play. And I think it's going to be, you know, really important for kind of the future of, of commerce in terms of the metaverse. Uh, but right now we're still all kind of stuck in the whole, you know, baseball card and, um, uh, you know, pet rock sort of sort of thing where it's just this, oh, I bought a, you know, a picture for a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> right. You know, right. okay, cool. You know, cool, bro. Uh, but <laughs> you know, come back and tell me when you bought a, you know, a 3D uh, NFT of a house and it, it's actually equivalent to the, the title of the house. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, who owns the token owns the thing. Yeah. That's where you start getting into like some really interesting stuff. Yeah. Okay. That was very helpful. Thank you. want to shift gears a, a little bit and just, like I've mentioned before, we want to get into this space. We're not exactly sure how to do it. Everything that you're you're sharing with us today is certainly helpful for us to put our heads around what are some options and things that we could do. But could you share any other recommendations or maybe even best practices that you see other companies or other brands doing just so that we can kind of visualize? Like, what's um, an example of this? 
Yeah. Um, hmm. So, oh, wow. This is kind of a tough one. I, so first and foremost, um, I would say sit down and think about the user experience first. Um, it's really too easy to just slap metaverse on something and then just run out and do something. And then you, you just don't end up with much that goes past it. Right. But if you sit down and think, OK, you know, what kind of experience we really want to give users, you know, and what's possible? Not everything is possible, um, but, but you know, try to spend some time there. Look yep. at what the options are. Maybe start small, maybe start big, uh, but, but start with the sense that or the expectation that you're going to do this multiple times and you're going to get different results each time depending on what uh, it is. So yeah, love that. you have to approach at least the next six to 12 months as kind of an experiment. Don't be afraid to experiment. Um, try different things in different platforms. Try stuff by yourself. Try stuff with other brands. Um, or, or, you know, the, the, actually the easiest thing is to just write me a really large check and, you know, for you. Um, but yeah, but, but seriously, don't, don't be afraid to experiment and, and, and go into it with that kind of open mind with a little bit of play flatitude. Sure. Um, users straight across the board love it when brands are a little playful uh, and kind of try to be fun and creative. And um, I think planning for variety and planning for different experiences as opposed to we're going to do a campaign and if it doesn't give us results we're never going to go anywhere near the metaverse again i think that's the wrong approach the wrong mentality and, and i think a lot of brands are going to miss out on some amazing opportunities because they're still thinking that way yeah. uh and the other thing i would say too is stop thinking in two dimensions I, I can't tell you how many times i've seen somebody talk about you know 2d ad banners or billboards and you know vr or you know whatever and i'm like guys and, or like, oh, we're going to do this cool thing and we're going to get, you know, one million views in, in Decentraland. It's like you've yeah. got to get away from the view and the like and the concept of 2D and really try to think about, uh, even if it's not 3D, but, but try to think about that interaction and that immersion. And what can you do to really enhance, you know, uh, the, the, the image and prestige and, you know, engagement of the brand? And yep. also, how do you get a long tail out of that? Um, and, and, you know, I think long tail meaning, you know, you can put a, a 3d building for your corporate HQ or, you know, your giant brand, um, logo and, you know, Decentraland or something. And that's cool and fun for a while, but there's really no, not a, a long-term multi-touch engagement sort of thing that really enhances the brand over time or really engages with the consumer. Yep. I mean, you can build those, yep. but they, they take a little bit more time and a little bit more, more, more capital. And, and I would say, you know, just try something light and easy first. And it doesn't have to be full metaverse. You could just do AR. You could just do VR. You could just pick one of these platforms, or, or you know, partner with some other brand that's going to run a campaign somewhere. Um, yeah. So there's cool. a lot of options out there, and the the world is wide open, and it's all going to be changing rapidly in the next, you know, one or two years. So you have to be uh, experimental. Yeah, I love that. Uh, the the idea of getting in there, being playful, trying different things, experiment. Something's not going to work and that's okay. You don't do mm -hmm. that part again. I, I love it. I, I think that is really great advice. So Robert, thank you so much for coming on. This was incredibly helpful. I really appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, my pleasure. And I'm sorry I wasn't as succinct as I could be, but honestly, sometimes I do these conversations with people and they go four or five hours. So this is as short <laughs> as I can get it. No, this is great. I really, really do appreciate it. Okay, everyone, I hope you found this discussion as helpful as I did. As always, if you have thoughts about the discussion, please use the comment section below to build on this conversation. If you have any more questions for Robert, put them in the posts as well. We will do our best to get some answers back to you. And as always, everybody, thank you very much for listening. Welcome to the metaverse.